everyone who knows me knows that my dogs are never short on outfits. I buy leashes and collars like some people buy shoes and handbags. And my favorite collar is Iggy's custom-made Paco collar. Paco collars are 100% handmade from scratch by an amazing staff of artists, and the quality really is unparalleled. My dogs can't have collars that don't withstand wear and tear. They hike, they swim, they roll on dead stuff. These collars are guaranteed to last a lifetime, and they're designed to be worn by active dogs like mine. Iggy's collar is perfect for her. It's got purple stones, stars, and a beautiful design. There are literally thousands of design options to choose from, but don't worry. The staff at Paco loves helping customers pick out the best collar for their pets. That's exactly what they did when I went to their booth with Iggy. And they make stuff for humans too, so get over to PacoCollars.com and buy the best collar you've ever had, and don't forget to enter promo code COGDOG for free shipping. Hey there, dog people of the internet. It's me, Sarah Strumming of The Cognitive Canine, and this is Cog Dog Radio, a podcast about all things dog sports and dog training. Join me as I explore my cases and considerations regarding the behavior of the dogs we live and play with. I hope you enjoy it. All right, first things first, we got to talk about camp. All of the applicants who've been accepted into working spots have been notified, and everybody who's waitlisted has also been notified, and you guys are going to have first shot at auditing spots. If you're late to the party and going, what is this? I didn't know about this application process. You can absolutely send us an email, and um, you can fill out an application late and get on the waitlist, but you've got to send us an email in order to do that, um, cogk9info at gmail.com is the, best inf- is the best email to use for that. So today we are talking about um, a foster dog. We're talking about using the four steps to behavioral wellness to help foster dogs become more adoptable. Um, and the reason that we're talking about this is because my assistant coach, Casey, is doing that right now with a foster. So Casey, tell us why this dog landed in your house because fostering is not actually something that you do on a regular basis. So true. It's really not your style, yeah. not your jam. It's hard to bring a dog into your house. That's very not hard to stay there. So full respect for the people who do it all the time. Yeah. I don't know how they do it. Big respect. I got a call from a client, classic story of They have three kids under the age of 10. They have these two young dogs. They're going crazy. So I went in for a consultation. That's how I work everything. I need to go there and and meet everybody and see before I commit to such a long project with them. And um, I walked in the door and immediately was kind of hit with uh, a lot of feelings, I guess. There was like a lot of tension in the house. Okay. So the husband really didn't know I was being called. Yep. The wife was kind of going at this on her own. And then there was two, there were two dogs in the house. They were both under 18 months old. They were both a year approximately. Uh So they had actually gotten two puppies within eight weeks of each other at eight weeks old last year. 
Um, All they, of my pet dog trainer buddies right now are just... I don't know how they survived. They're like, preach it, sister. I don't I've know been how there, they survived. Been there. So, um, she's a one-year-old, really cute, sable uh, border collie. And then they had a, um, a labradoodle that they had got from wherever in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And they were both locked in their kitchen. So I walked in and they were throwing themselves at the gates and um, I walked over and the first thing I did was try and feed them both food and border collie. Wouldn't eat any food for me. And then we went in, the Labradoodle would eat. She was, she seemed better with the whole thing. We basically discussed what was going on. Um, They lived on a corner lot, so they had an electric fence and basically she had just she was running trenches in their yard. Every time there was something that came by, um, she would just kind of lose her mind and just scream at it and run the borders of her yard. Um, it was really, it was a regular, you know, New England suburbia kind of neighborhood. So there was a lot of activity. So the invisible fence, electric fence thing is super common here. Super common. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we talked and talked and talked about it, and the husband straight out was just kind of like, honestly, I'm done with this. This is too much for me between the kids and the dogs. This is extreme amount of chaos in my house. He was done before it started, and he didn't even know you were coming over. Yes, and um, the wife was, she was lovely. She is really big heart, you know. Trying to make everything work. Trying to make everything right. Trying to you know, be responsible for what decisions they had made to bring, you know, both these animals into their, into their family. Yep. Um, so it was pretty clear by the end of that consult that I had already made up my mind that I really thought that they should rehome at least one, if not both of the dogs. And that if they were going to rehome one, (laughs) honestly, the border collie, I thought would been, would be easier easier because you thought the border collie would be easier to rehome or that the border collie would be harder for them to take care of long term both both okay that there was a better situation out there for her and i didn't feel like she was as um attached to them as and let's get real there's a little bit of a chemistry thing going on when your heartstrings are tugged at right exactly she's a border collie I mean, honestly, I wouldn't have fostered the doodle. You probably wouldn't have taken the labradoodle in. I would have found her a nice place to go. Absolutely, but wouldn't have taken her in here. I saw her and was like, I can find this thing a home. Yeah. A nice place to go. So So if you were going to label some of her behavior problems um, that she had, what would you label them as? Would you say you know, stranger-directed reactivity, maybe. Um, Talk about some of those things. Yeah, so she definitely is, uh, or was, at that house, reactive to um, other dogs on leashes and people. Um, Like, the mailman was a huge thing for her. She actually nipped the mailman. Mm -hmm. Um, There was one incident where... Her electric fence collar wasn't working. She basically crossed the line and um, ankle bit like a kid that was on his bike driving by. So a lot of like motion sensitivity. They complained that she was like 
she would bite, try and bite, like, the car tires if they're in the driveway with her. Oh, wow, yeah. And they're moving their cars. Um, and then a lot of digging and a lot yeah. of running and a lot of control-type behaviors on the other dog. So outside, she was very, you know, labeled as, like, bossy. Okay. Um, because she was just... The fun police kind of thing. The fun police, move, don't move. Yeah. Relentless kind of antagonizing of the other dog. And then I know resource guarding towards other dogs was something that you saw right off the bat in your house. In my house, yeah. It's not... (laughs) I mean, in their house dogs didn't really have anything to guard so it was a little bit different but when as soon as you got her here resource guarding towards the other dogs popped up Mm -hmm. right away um here's what's cool how long have you had her eight weeks okay so two months roughly yeah tops are you seeing any of that stuff anymore i mean i've been here for a week i've been in connecticut teaching and I'm going to say I've seen maybe some mild resource guarding that's not worse than anything that, than like Iggy does. Yeah. No, I like think... resource guarding that I think is normal amongst dogs. Right. Like, this and, is and... mine. Right. Don't actually touch it. As opposed to, you know, she used to get upset that another dog was on the couch, even though she wasn't on the couch. Right. Things like that used to happen. I'm not seeing, I didn't see any of that stuff. Right, and she was really sensitive for a little bit there when one of my other dogs would just come in the room with her. If I was in the room and another dog walked into the room, she wanted them out. Yeah, so she would guard spaces. Yeah. She would guard sleeping spaces. So we're not just talking food here. Like, we're talking everything. Exactly. Proximity around me. And I haven't seen any of that since I've been here. Um, we've also gone on a walk with her every day, which we're going to talk about that. Um, and I haven't seen any of this reactivity stuff either out on walks. Yeah, she's been... I haven't seen any of it. Pretty great. Yeah. I think I made the comment the other day, like, this is just going to be a really nice pet dog for someone. Yeah. Which is not what it sounded like those people had. So let's talk now about why. Um, did you actively do any behavior modification at all? No. <laughs> yeah. I know you didn't. That's, um, I mean, trick I, question. I asked I you that on purpose. Don't, I mean, as a rule, I train as, as little, little as, as humanly possible, right? As little as what gets the job done. That's the secret, you guys, with so most dog trainers it. is they're like, okay, what, how much do I actually have to do to get the results? I would say I was mindful about. Certainly, you're always mindful about reinforcement patterns, right? Reinforcement. Like, and you're always observing behavior, responding appropriately. But there wasn't like behavior modification plans for resource guarding, reactivity, and things like not, that. None yeah. of that happened. No. Um, you weren't even looking for a project or a foster or anything like Correct. that. This was just like a heart project. This was right. just come with me. You saw a need. Yep. And thought, okay, I can meet this need. Correct. <clears throat> so, you didn't train her any, like, sit down, stay. She doesn't know any of that. <laughs> she doesn't know any of that. I literally put a leash on her, and she had not walked on a leash at all. Ever. Ever. And, and yet, all that garbage is gone. 
She's a really nice dog. Yeah. She even has a nice recall. Like, what's going on here? So, let's talk about what you did do. Because you didn't train her. You didn't put her through behavior modification programs. What did you do? Why is she so different? <sighs> well, I threw her into my regular life, which is uh, focuses on the four steps of behavior wellness all the time. Like, that is my daily routine with my own dog. So she kind of just got thrown into that. So we walked. I originally, for the first, I want to really say that it was the first day I put her on a harness and a long line because I didn't know she was going to just leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, for everybody who doesn't know, you walk your dogs off leash in open space every single day, minimum 45 minutes, but that's like bare minimum. You typically are doing an hour to 90 minutes every day. Right. I try and make my minimum an hour. Yeah. Or multiple shorter If hikes. you, I feel like most of the time when I talk to you and you only do a 45, you do another one. Right. Like if yeah. I only have like a half hour, I then go again. Yeah. Yeah. It's so you're 60. really, really good about walking and um, you just threw her into that. I just threw her into Right that. off the bat. My dogs are pretty nice to me about staying around. So she liked them. I didn't have any problems with them accepting her and tolerating her presence and she seemed pretty socially acceptable with them right off the bat and um i mean i (laughs) i just can't stand holding leashes so (laughs) so you basically did one long line harness walk and then you were like and this is over i did one i am right there with you oh so annoying i went on a walk with a client in Texas who was hosting me for a seminar. And you know this, because I told you this story. Um, And her dog was on a long line in a harness. And they'd been doing long line harness walks for not very long, because I had finally convinced her that she could do it. And about the fourth time the long line tripped me, I said, listen, today's your day. Yeah. And I unclipped the harness. (laughs) I said go. And you know what? He didn't. It was fine. <laughs> Turns out fine. Yeah, so she I held on to her and she was really, really, really into Stark, my uh mixed breed pet dog. She was really hooked on him. They're like best friends. They're best friends. So I as soon as I saw that I'm like, Oh, she's not She's not gonna leave him going anywhere. Yeah. He's really fun. He's running around, he's being And crazy. then in the meantime you're reinforcing for her checking in. Right, You're reinforcing she, when she does come when you call her. Yeah, she wasn't eating food. She wasn't eating food right Still. away. Can we? Okay, let's talk about food. That's a perfect segue. So you started walking her. Yeah. And then you changed how she was eating. And she was... Was she being free-fed at the other house? Yes. Yeah, so she was free-fed at the other house. And she was, as many free-fed dogs are, extremely finicky and overweight yeah. when you got her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she was probably five pounds heavier than she is now, and I don't think she's on ideal weight yet. Yeah. I don't think she has. And you guys, for, like, she should probably weigh, like, 30, 32 pounds. Yeah. And she probably weighs, like, 37, 38, I would guess. So she probably weighed close to 45 when you got her. 
Yeah, because she weighed 42 at the vet a couple weeks after I got her. Yeah. So, she was fat. She was free-fed. <laughs> and she didn't understand that a human could hand you a piece of food as a consequence to something that you did. Right, and she checked it every single time. She sniffed it suspiciously, right? And, you know, that's really interesting to me, you guys, because I think we forget that that's actually something that needs to be taught. And um, I had a fun, unique experience the other day where I was walking my dogs and a five-month-old mixed-breed puppy busted out of his yard and came for a walk with us. (laughs) (laughs) Nice two-hour walk with my dogs that he went on. And I said, well, if you're with us, you're going to learn something because that's pretty much how I roll. Um, I looked at his tag, saw what his name was, and started working on recalls. I had some freeze-dried raw in my pocket, and I handed him a little freeze-dried raw nugget, and he sniffed it, and he looked at me, and then he really gingerly took it, and he swallowed it, and he looked at me again like, whoa. That was food. And then I'm telling you, like, a half an hour later, he's walking next to me. He's coming when I call him. He's eating every time I hand him food. And I'm going to say that probably no one had ever handed him food to his mouth before that day. Um, so you, first of all, stop free feeding her. Yeah, I mean, her on a major second diet. one, you put her on a major diet. And also... No more bowls. No more bowls. No more food out of a bowl. The easiest way she eats is out of a labyrinth puzzle feeder, which is not the easiest slow bowl. Yeah. Yeah, so once she started walking, then she was starting to get hungry because she was exercising. Actually finally burning some of those calories, right? And I was only handing her food that was Or does that work for me? That's not how it works for me. Top notch. I was like, went straight for the meatballs and other gross meat to to get her understanding that food was yeah and if she didn't take it i just dropped it and she would always pretty much eat it then yeah they usually do yeah um and then the day that i let her off basically i let her off because she was so annoying and she was dragging a line for a few days because i was still like "Mm, this Mm, isn't mine maybe i'm gonna lose this animal that's not mine and um it was like super super muddy i told you this story but she she does this thing where she checks back in and then she goes behind everybody which is kind of a classic border collie type behavior yeah. she runs behind everybody to just it's almost like bringing up the she's like herd. gathering yeah making sure i'm yeah. still there and so she would do that and then she would drag the 30 foot line that was soaked and muddy and it would like basically just hook around my legs and drag all the way up to my knees and it was wet and disgusting and so I was getting so mad that she was like getting me muddy every time <laughs> she would come around and because you always fit this into your work day like right. this is mid clients this right. isn't like when you're done so you're actually going to go speak to people in their homes and try not you try not to be totally filthy I try I mean you try <laughs> So she was doing that, so finally I was just like, ugh, and I just unclipped it. And really, there yeah. there was no difference. I have not lost her yet, and she 
like you said, she has some amazing built-in recall. I mean, I'm going to say it's better than your actual dog's recall. <laughs> it is better than my actual dog's recall. You know why? Because she's you haven't like... wrecked it because you just got her. <laughs> no. She's like, yeah, you're calling me. I think so, too. I think I'm she's... special. And I think, you know, most of my friends who have fostered or have adopted dogs say that they kind of observe that, that they're almost she's so more excited. appreciative. Like, she's so excited Someone's that you like her. her. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, All right, back to food. And then what... You also started feeding her frozen Kongs. I fed her a frozen Kong every day, which my frozen Kongs are disgusting. So she was like, hmm. Because we're talking sardines. Frozen uh, canned tripe. Canned tripe. You're, we make kind of the same Kong concoctions. Slop. Like, it's just nasty. Wet food. It smells awful. smells awful. And the dog's... That's literally my morning piece is the only sound I hear is the gnawing of Kongs. And I just, the fact that my house smells like fish, I just deal with it, which I find, you know, it's like, what's worse, green tripe or fish? I'm not sure. I don't know. Probably tripe is worse. Tripe goes away faster though. But you're right. Fish lingers. (laughs) Hashtag Kong problem. (laughs) Um, Yeah, she was getting frozen Kong and every night, so... I don't really know when I figured this out, but um, she loves to shred. So every single night she was getting, as you, like, we're sitting here right now looking at her crate and there's a brown bag in it that's ripped open. But she really liked shredding. So every single night was giving her a Kong in a box or a Kong in a bag or some sort of, you know, paper towel holder thing with food and things in it and mostly that was because I just needed her to be quiet <laughs> and sleep through the out night. of necessity you were like here do this yeah. do stuff I mean that was Felix as a baby his crate his x-pen was always full of just shredding items junk mail brown paper toilet yep. paper rolls paper towel roll I mean it was just um it just basically looked like his x-pen was my recycling bin yeah um, in reality, it was just intentionally trying to ask him to shred things so that he was enriched and fulfilled. Um, and I just watched her tonight absolutely go to town on a frozen raw bone. Yeah, that's really, I mean, been a game changer for her. Huge game changer. That kind of hard chewing is really vital for a lot of dogs, I think. And, um... They rarely actually get to experience it. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but um, in my opinion, there's no reason for a young, healthy dog to not be experiencing those kinds of things. So we talked about kind of two of the steps. Um, Talked about, we talked about three of the steps. We talked about um, enrichment and diet slash nutrition. Oh, and her diet. She is eating kibble. She is eating kibble. She's eating a nice high quality. Um, she's eating from because she's actually not in your custody. Technically like you are fostering her, but she is being, she will be adopted through Glen Highland farm border collie rescue. Right. Correct. And they, um, for good reason, 
we're just basically like, which of these two kibbles do you want to feed her? And we'll provide right. it. They and feed grain-free They feed kibble. some nice, yeah. So she's eating from with some supplemental raw right. and supplemental fresh food. Correct. And that was a huge step up from, do you remember what she was eating before? It was a, just a... A basic grocery store. Exactly. It was um, just regular kibble. Yeah. A grocery store kibble. Free fed. Free fed with another dog. Too. With another like it was free fed between the two of them, so which you know, kind of not surprising that she showed up here and had resource guarding, right? When she only had a big overflowing bowl of kibble before and it was not even a resource, so suddenly she had resources to guard, yeah, when she showed up. And I think she almost had to learn nobody's gonna take your stuff, like you're okay, yeah. Um. So nutrition, enrichment, exercise, I think probably if we had to say which one was the most, which one's the biggest deal, I usually lean towards the exercise piece. Oh, 100%. When I watch her, I mean, the fact that she was digging trenches in her yard tells me that her exercise needs were just so far from actually being met. Right. Um, And now... And you saw her on the trail. She's and I've seen running. her on the trail. She's basically running the whole time. Full speed the entire time. Yeah. Um, she needs it. It's what she needs. And she comes home and she's an easy, nice pet dog in your house. Yeah, and that's she's what people want in a dog in exactly. this house. She wants to snuggle with you. She wants to be near you. But she's, she's not destroying your stuff. She's not, I mean, she's just, she's not counter surfing. She's not destroying your stuff. She's not getting in the trash. She just wants to be by you. And the other behavior she had when she first came was that if we were all settled down, if there was a toy anywhere, she was just all about bringing it, bringing it, bringing Constantly it. Constantly throwing the toy it in your yeah. face. Climbing up on the couch, putting it on your shoulder, putting it on the laptop, putting Just it everywhere. chronic attention-seeking. Exactly. Desperate, basically. But that's... But that's dissipated what, as well. Yeah, she... I mean, I I've seen it toys, a couple of times, I think, but, but... in a friendly way, I think. Not, it's like, not, how it was. It doesn't seem desperate. You would sit it's down more like, and she you know, just, One of my dogs will bring a toy to me. Like, that's... No, that's That's nice. so normal. yeah. It was just the way she was doing it. She just, she couldn't lay down if there was a toy there. Ah. She had to. It was, it was like, obsessive. <laughs> it was, like, obsessive. It was obsessive. Yeah. It was, I can't Which I think that's, settle. you know, people experience that with Border Collies all the time. Like, they can't relax if X, Y, Z are going on. Right. Um, when I get home from this trip, Felix will probably lay on my chest and squeak a ball in my face for... 12 hours approximately. The secret is that I'll enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's talk just a little bit about the communication piece. I think we did kind of accidentally talk about that, but um, by talking about the fact that she'd never even eaten a treat from a person. Right. Um, With the communication piece... Basically, all you've done is said to her, hey, check this out. A person can tell you you're doing something right and then give you a piece of food. 
Correct. And she didn't even know that was possible. And now that she knows that's possible. And you only really do that out on the trail with her. And she's so responsive on the trail. Yeah. If I have the opportunity, because I know that she has some suspicions about approaching strangers or dogs. If I have the opportunity to have her see people or dogs, I then make sure that I'm matching that with food also being in the equation. Okay. Yeah. So I was just pairing that to a reinforcer. Um, And just so you guys know, I've seen this dog encounter strange people and strange dogs over the past week. And I think I've seen her get upset like once. She got upset once, but that dog was being Which was acceptable actually for her to get upset. Nothing that I've seen from her is actually behaviorally abnormal to me. Yeah. And when you first got her, it was. Like, she was very barky lungy. Mm-hmm. Because um, you sent me some videos of what you were doing um, with that in the beginning. And it was all, yeah, it was, it was a lot of barky lungy stuff. And it's gone. Yeah. Amazing. She can pass by people now. She can recall with people around. She can, people, she... We were, you know, at the seminar all weekend. She went, yeah, she went to my seminar, hung out in the car with the back of the van open. People are walking by the back of the van. Mm -hmm. She's not barking. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Really good stuff. So I think kind of the the point, the conclusion, is we actually meet their needs. We actually provide them with what dogs naturally require, which is something that, unfortunately, I think we've forgotten how to do we might see a lot of the behavior problems that are so typical go away and watching you foster this dog has just been reassurance of that idea for me in such a big, big way. Um, so in case any of you guys are wondering, Burb's adoption is actually pending. She has an interview set up (laughs) with a family. Um, but there are plenty of other border collies at Glen Highland farm who need to be adopted and there are plenty of dogs at your local shelter that need to be fostered. So if you want to put some of this stuff to work, put some of these ideas to the test, check those opportunities out. And thank you, Casey, for coming on the podcast and talking about Pippa. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to Cog Dog Radio. If you have questions or suggestions, shoot them over to cogdogradio at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to like the Cogdog Radio Facebook page, and until next time, happy training!